we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode two of the 2016 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, brought to you by the MLS Retirement Plan, the preference of aging European players since 1996. No, uh, really, it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the great Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by co-hosts Jay and Guy. Simon can't be here tonight. Uh, he says because he's busy with work, but we all know that he's really just keeping his MLS secrets secret to himself. So be sure to tweet Simon and let him know that secrets don't make friends. So let him, let him know that. Uh, also because we're having a special stats-focused episode tonight. I'm happy to welcome back our frequent guest, Travis, and stats expert, Andrew Crollard. Crollard, I knew I was going to butcher that. I even asked you beforehand, and I butchered it. Um, (laughs) Thanks. From r slash fantasy MLS, Ahmad over there, and uh, contributed a few times here, and he's had his own fantasy site as well. So welcome, guys. It's not an MLSFI podcast unless someone's name gets butchered. That's that's true. Or anything that I'm involved with, if, unless something gets butchered. Very accurate. Accurate statement. Uh, thanks. Well, we, we know you're not much better. I am not. I, I try to sound <laughs> good with, with like, like, oh, David Villa and Drogba, but no, that doesn't really help. I thought we decided it was it was David Villa if we were going to go that way. That, that's exactly what it is. David uh, Jose Villa. <laughs> God. Out of control. Uh, well, anyway, um, uh, sorry, Andrew, that you're going to be subjected to this tonight. All night. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, since this is our second preseason episode, we thought it was just time to get to the real meat of the fantasy game. So, today we're going to be covering uh, all of our early player watch lists. Uh, this is for the 2016 season, of course, but we're using 2015 stats. And now we know the game's not out, so we're not looking at the prices of players. We're looking at uh, stats. And so that's why we got some, some great people here. And in the interest of time, I'm sure you guys would love for us to break it down team by team, but we're going to go position by position. That's just going to be faster. Uh, Maybe we'll do a follow-up later on. I don't know, but you'll get the idea. So just to be really quick before we get into the discussion, uh, the January transfer window has closed for a lot of the big European leagues, um, but MLS has not even started yet. The primary window for MLS starts on February 18th and goes through May 12th. So keep an eye out for roster changes. Things will still be modified and additions will be made to the fantasy game even after it goes live. So just just be sure to watch the transfer tracker page at MLS. And also, for those of you who have been living under a bit of a rock, the 2015 stats and game are gone, and it's been replaced with an email sign-up to be notified when the 2016 game launches. So uh, I know you mentioned this, uh, Travis, that we're assuming if you played last year, you're probably going to get an email already. Uh, I don't know, but if you want to be sure, go in and sign up. Yeah, I would expect you to get an email, but, uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt to, to put your name in there. You might get two or three emails. It would be even better. <laughs> Just to make sure you know what's going on. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all the housekeeping that I have. Is there anything else you guys want to make sure people know before we get discussing? 
Nope. Nope. Well, sounds good. So with without that, let's just jump right into keepers, Travis. Oh, hey. Um, so for goalkeepers, um, I know a lot of players generally uh, pick one goalkeeper and kind of throw the other one to the wayside just because, uh, especially if we're going to get a uh, wild card in week four with all the buys. Uh, so I'm going to focus on a single goalkeeper uh, and mainly focus on the first three game weeks. Uh, based on the fixtures I'm seeing so far, my two biggest standouts for me for fixtures are either um, number one would probably be uh, FC Dallas and uh, Jesse Gonzalez. Yeah, um, it's... He was pretty cheap last season, though, right? Didn't he start out at 5 or, or like, 4-5? He I, came in near the end of the season. Yeah, I, I doubt he's going to be that cheap on as Dallas is pretty much locked on starter. Um, but they're playing at home at Philly, which who knows what's, what Philly's going to do. Um, and they've kind of had Houston's number. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get a clean sheet at BBVA, but... Uh, and then they come home again and play Montreal. So that's a pretty decent um, set of fixtures, and he'd be a good pick for like long term because he was getting uh, pretty good points per game. Uh, and then as far as long term, my best bet would probably be David Osted. Uh, Vancouver's defense pretty much killed it last year. Uh, the only goalkeeper with a better points per 90 was Bill Hamid, but Hamid is going to be out uh, with his injury for at least a few months. So Osted, um, maybe Stefan Fry. He, they played two of their first three games at home and their away is against RSL. Uh, David Bingham might be another like kind of punty option. Um, and then if you want someone really cheap, you may go and look at Joe Bindick, uh, because Orlando has a fairly soft first three games. Orlando isn't known for keeping clean sheets, but as a 5-0 starter, they're playing at home against RSL in Chicago, and then away to New York City. So, I mean, as far as cheap options are concerned... You're not going to find a, a goalkeeper under 5-0 probably, so he might be a good start if you're just willing to take all your money and put it up further up the field. So that's that's pretty much my guys that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, um, you kind of took my thunder there because I got uh, if Jesse Gonzalez is any kind of a decent price, he's going to be my number one guy. Uh, obviously Philadelphia coming in. I mean, they didn't make that many improvements at all. They lost Maidana, as a matter of fact. So I think that first game against Philadelphia is probably the best chance for a clean sheet on week one. So uh, if he's a good price, I'm taking him. If he's comparable now that he's kind of proven himself, um, I'm going to go with either Quarase from Portland. They got two home games in the first three, or Bingham from uh, San Jose. Yeah, and one other option maybe to look at is L.A. 
Don't steal my thunder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you go ahead. You go ahead and talk about L.A. Well, it's Andrew's turn, so he's going to steal it first. Okay. I'm actually not going to steal it first. Um, my sneaky pick that you guys haven't mentioned yet is Josh Saunders up in NYCFC. Um, and that's mostly just because their schedule looks really, really good for the first third of the season or so. Um, and then you kind of touched on the Bill Hamid injury in D.C., and I think going with his backup, which is going to most likely be Dykstra, I assume. Um, Probably, yeah. I, I assume he's going to come in pretty cheap, 4.5, maybe out of 5. Uh, so that that's a budget option that I'm looking at. And I, I think most likely I'm going to end up with David Bingham uh, down in San Jose, who's a sneaky good defense this last year. So I'm on the same thought train as Guy there. Yeah, for me, my number one is actually going to be the Galaxy pick. Thank you, Travis. I appreciate it. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Um, just because DC, uh, I mean, LA Galaxy plays well at home. I know they lost Omar, but Dan Kennedy's back in LA, and we all know Dan Kennedy's a pretty good keeper, especially when he has a decent defense in front of him. And I think that um, they're not going to, I don't really don't think LA's going to be missing much of a beat. Um, without Omar Gonzalez. They bring in Big Red Jeff uh, Lorenowitz from Chicago um, to fill that gap. And uh, I don't know. I mean, especially with the additions that they have uh, this year, even with uh, with Van Dam coming in, I think that uh, their defense is going to be solidified, and I think you're going to be able to get Dan Kennedy on the cheap probably around 5 mil. So, and plus the opening fixtures of D.C., home against D.C., at Colorado, and then home against San Jose. Those are three... Um, very winnable fixtures in my opinion. And then also uh, the other one that you guys already highlighted was um, I just lost it. Uh, San Jose. Um, cause, uh, Bingham. Yeah, Bingham had I think one of one of the best home records uh, clean sheets and uh, points at home. So I like uh, those two options. This is some great, some great ones. I, I really like your pick, Andrew, for, for Saunders because I remember this has nothing to do with the stats-wise, but I remember thinking sometimes last year watching New York City FC play, being like, wow, your defense is garbage. Thank goodness you have Josh Saunders back there being able to do something to keep you in this game. Yeah, he definitely wins the award for the angriest goalkeeper. <laughs> no, sure. uh, it wasn't like He would have like, some emotional meltdowns, like just kicking the post and yelling at people. Uh, they don't speak English, Josh. Um, <laughs> if I was on that wrong. goal, I'd be I'd be angry too. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm surprised nobody – I know that Toronto has all the away games, eight away fixtures, or, yeah, eight away games in the very beginning. But, I mean, come on. You, you, you got Drew Moore and then you got Clint Irwin, arguably two elite position people at their position, if that makes sense. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, they have possibly, yeah. you know, I mean, they do have, you know, bad fixtures start off uh, at New York, at New York City, then at Kansas City, but at the same time, I mean, they're they're elite players at each respective position. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like I've beaten the dead horse with my thoughts on Toronto, but I I like the transfers they've made going into that away stretch. I, I just like how they've got things set up on their defense. Don't know if it's going to help out fantasy-wise, but just soccer-wise, I, I like what they're doing. I like the trades they made, but I'm not going to trust their defense to keep a clean sheet until I see it. <laughs> That's probably a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> well, since we're talking about... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I said good advice. 
since we're talking about defenders, let's just go ahead and get into the lists that we have. Okay, so let me start that off then. Um, I broke it down kind of into form and fixtures. Uh, I think the top of both of those categories is going to be uh, Hedges from Dallas. I mean, he did really well last year with 159, and then when Gonzalez came in, it just kind of solidified the whole thing. I, I mean, I really – I think Dallas is on paper right now the, the best team in the league personally. So I think Hedges is going to be at a bit of a premium. Uh, and I really hate getting expensive defenders. So if you're an expensive defender kind of person, I, I think Hedges got to top your list now that Omar Gonzalez is out of the league. Um. I like Ridgewell. I mean, he had 133 points last year, but he's also been on loan. What was it Brighton, Hove, and Albion or something? So he's coming into the end of the year um, in game shape, and that that's never a bad thing. And Kendall Waston for Vancouver, I think he ended up with 140 last year. Um, you know, they got two away games, but I, I think he's enough of a threat that if you wanted a, a marquee name in the back, that was who you would go with. But if you're going to go with just fixtures, as which I'm going to do, I'm going to look for value and just go with the best fixtures possible. I like uh, David Horst from Houston, and I think I'm going to take a flyer in Ariel and Colin. I think Colin's price is going to come down at the beginning of the year. Uh, he's been kind of inflated these last couple years. so I think the word you're looking for is bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's bad in, in the sense that he wasn't worth what his price yeah. was. yeah. But he's definitely got the ability to, you know, get in a couple dirty headers there. So, if if his price comes down to a decent level, I think he's he's going to be a steal this year. So he actually is at the top of my list as well this year. Um, for me, picking defenders is all about the value, simply because paying up for the premium just isn't worth it when you compare to paying for the premium for midfielders and forwards. Um, but since we don't have prices out, I've my list is basically a bunch of guys that might come in under seven million, um, but I'm going to keep an eye out basically for their price, and that's Aurelian Collin, Goncalves or Gonsalves from uh, New England, Leonardo from LA if he ends up locking down a starting role, and then Parkhurst and Bernardes in San Jose. Um, but again, that's all entirely dependent on if they come in under $7 million. Yeah, and for me, um, I, I like, like I said, LA defensively. I was actually looking at Big Red from that standpoint of, uh, I don't know if, I'm assuming he's going to have a starting job, him or Leonardo or even AJ De La Garza, if either one of them, uh, whoever starts between them, or even, uh, I really do like Van Dam as a defender. Um, I believe that he especially on the wings, I think he's going to be fantastic. I don't know if he's going to be playing more of a, a mid-role or a defensive role, but um, I also I also really like Francis from San Jose. Um, I've really liked him with his uh, attacking and crossing. Um, and then one that I really uh, did like too is uh, either Drew Moore or Betashore um, from Toronto. Uh, so that's my list. Yeah, about the only um, the only guys I might add. Um, one guy I was looking at was Damian Parnell, uh, just because with um, 
Miazga out, uh, Paranel might pick up more of the CBIs for New York. And, and they don't have a terrible starting fixture set. They're playing at home against Toronto. And if I remember correctly, they were one of the few teams that were actually able to shut Toronto and shut Giovinco down, weren't they, at home during the regular season? I thought. Uh, I'd have to go remember. back and look. But they're usually pretty solid at home. You know, that brings up a, a good point, and it was a question that was asked several times on, on Reddit, and that was how big of an impact do, do we think losing the Oscar will have on New York's red back line? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just the way that they've got the system set up to bring to bring the next guy in. Uh, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Miazga was a great player, and he had his kind of bad moment when he decided to get cards. But um, I mean, I think New York's still going to be pretty sound, and they still have Robles behind him. Um. Another guy that, that I would want to mention, you were already talking about Matt Hedges, would be Zach Lloyd uh, as a cheaper version of Matt Hedges, probably. Uh, he's been priced under Hedges uh, last couple years. But is almost producing the same number of points. Um, he was Last year he produced 4.9 points per 90. Uh, whereas Matt Hedges was 5.3, 5.4. So you're not dropping a lot of points for potentially cheaper defensive guy that you could take that money and spend on a midfielder forward. That's a fair point. And then yeah. same possibly for Clarence Goodson. Uh, if you're going Bernardes or Goodson, both of those guys uh, – Fairly similar. Goodson was a little bit more consistent. I think Bernardes probably picked up more cards along the way, but uh, <laughs> and and own goals and own goals. But Goodson finished a whole point ahead of Bernardes as far as points per game or points. Per he was game. he was gone pretty often though too, wasn't Bernardes? Was he called up a few times or get injured? Yeah, but on, but on points per ninety, it all comes out in the wash. Goodson was a point ahead of Bernardes, so... Oh, I see where we're going, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the other thing I'll mention, or I'll just ask for you guys to comment on before we move on to midfielders, is it seems like it's the age-old question, and I and I like how, how Andrew already touched on it. The go big, the go cheap, the budget. Uh, I, of course, have always leaned towards budget. But are, we, are you guys considering any of the wingers? when you're making these. I know a lot of the guys here are, are those big center backs, getting those CBIs and then potentially getting up for, for goals. I felt like Tierney was really one of the only viable wing options last season, but are, are we still thinking, do the numbers show to back that up? Is that still something to go into this next season, assuming? Well, I said Francis, uh, Beta Shore. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Viafania was in, I would definitely pick him up. But for me, it's like I like to have... I mean, then again, it depends on... You know how if we're having uh, how many subs we get in the exact roster size, but I typically try to get one, maybe two wingbacks, but have to be, you know, high attackers. They get up there, they cross, they like to assist. Like like uh, Angelino from New York City, he was always attacking on that left flank. He was coming in, shooting. He was coming in, crossing, assisting. So that's what I look for 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 wingers. But typically, I'll have 
let's say you know out of a five-man backfield, I'll have four uh, four center backs and then one winger. I, I just don't look at defenders and the keepers that much. <laughs> Maybe I should, but I look at some fixtures at a decent price at a a better than average rate to get a clean sheet, and I look for my goals and assists from other players. So, with the CBI stat now giving bonuses, um, you know, a player like Simon or you know even Colin, I don't need to worry about crosses and 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 wing play as much as I uh, would have to in the past. So, I'm really just gonna look at budget for my first lineup. I think. I'm with you, guy. For me, it's it's 100% about the budget. I don't really care if you're a wing back or a center back. The difference between the two in terms of points per 90 on average just isn't enough um, for me to pick one type of player over the other. So it, it's all about what your price is for me. Try to find a good value and then try to hope for a clean sheet because of that. Budget in the back, son. <laughs> the fantasy <laughs> Yep. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, moving on, let's get into uh, to midfielders. What do you got there, Andrew? All right. So for me, I'm going with Harry Ship as my number one option. Um, I think he's most likely, from what I can tell, going to be slotting in more centrally this year than playing out on the wing, which I think was a big mistake by Chicago last year. Um, and two many. years ago, when Ship was played centrally, he had a great points per 90 for his price, and I'm expecting that because of his kind of down year last year, his price isn't going to be super high again, so I think he's probably going to end up being pretty good value. Um, also, Verone in New York seems to be slightly favored to be a starter this year, uh, so he's another one I'm keeping my eye on. Um, Aspria and Barnetta and Teixeira are three other guys that I think are again kind of that second to third tier option um, that are potentially going to be good value plays. Um, and I'm going to mention Diego Valeri uh, simply so I can talk about some stats that I found um, over the last four years of data that I've been pouring over. And I found that players who get a big season-ending injury like Valeri did two years ago, the following year they decrease their points per 90 by about 20%, uh, which is roughly in line with what happened to Valeri last year. And then the next year after that, so that will be this upcoming year for Valeri, uh, he, they gain back about half of what they lost. So if you take all that into account, Valeri is projecting to be back up to about 6.5 uh, points per 90, which is definitely somebody that I want to be looking at. Yeah. And what I was most impressed with Valeri last season is he came out with a pretty good score even after missing a good chunk of the season to that injury. So uh, still got a lot of quality there. Yeah, now for me, um, just looking at um, your goals per 90 here, um, I, I really still like uh, Ignacio Piatti. Um, you know, getting Drogba back. And, well, Piatti's still going to be here. Is that is that correct? From Montreal? As far as I can tell, yeah. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. So if he is, I think he's a, he's a great player just because you're getting Drogba back. Um, uh, then, obviously, 
not being a homer, but realist, <laughs> uh, but realistically, uh, Javier Morales still going to be on all PKs, penal, um, set pieces. Uh, and for me, what I look for in my midfield are set piece takers. So your Javier Morales's, your Giovinco's, your uh, Diego Valeri's, uh, even your Harry Ships a couple years ago. You know, you want you want players that, in my opinion, I want players that are going to be on all set pieces. So that's what I've been looking for. Uh, but my standouts are obviously Diego Valeri, Javier Morales, Ignacio Piatti, or, yeah, Ignacio Piatti, I believe his name is. Um, and then uh, another one too that I really I really like is uh, is Diaz from Dang it from Dallas. Turnabout's <laughs> 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 a fair play. <laughs> well, the thing is, Dallas FC Dallas they brought in I believe two or three new midfielders. Uh, from Honduras and Panama and Colombia or something, you know, Central and South America. So I don't know how this is going to really come into play with Fabian Castillo and Diaz, but Diaz is so much talent, and he's on most set pieces. So uh, Diaz, I think Diaz is a, a, a be a very nice pick. Yeah, you guys pretty much stole uh, almost all of my answers. Um, <laughs> You're more crying over missing midfielders, not really the ones that are going in. Oh, yeah. too soon. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. We got a new one. His name's Christian Maidana. Uh, That's he's, true. He's, he's the other guy that I might take a flyer on, uh, depending on his price, obviously. But he was producing some serious numbers in Philly, so mm-hmm. if he can reproduce that in Houston, then at the right price, he may be worth having as a... I like a third-tier guy. Uh, but the other guys I liked as well, Javier, Mauro Diaz, probably, uh, yeah, Piotti, and possibly Ship. Yeah, no, I like I like all those answers. Um, <clears throat> I think if I'm going to do a homer pick, I'm going to have to kind of balance between Valeri and Nagby. Uh for a long time, Negby hasn't been one guy that you'd really pick up, even though he had a ton of talent, but it seems like he kind of turned a corner last year. Um, so depending on his price, um, I think I might have to look at him myself. So, is a Really quick, um, I was looking at my sheet as well. Is there a reason why any of you guys aren't picking Finley? Um, for me, it just depends on the price, how high he starts up. Uh, he he did really well. I mean, he was solid all season. Yeah. But I think he, he ended up being fifth overall in the game yeah. for points, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, here's that question back to you, Jason. What what is a price that you would pay for Finlay, or what's what's too much? Uh, well, so this is the thing, like, and this is what I'll be also discussing in my next segment for the forwards, but. Um, Columbus just signed Emil Larson, and he plays winger, and he actually has a decent amount of assists in his last couple seasons. Um, obviously, Finley is a young, you know, talent that had a breakout year last year. But for me, I don't think I think that right around the between eight and eight point five is what I would pay for him. I think that nine is asking a little too much um, to replicate exactly what he did last year. I don't think he will replicate it. If he's in the eight million, I think that I could give him a shot. But with the, 
I think that with you know the Valeris, the Giralises, the Piattis, that's I mean that's that could be possibly thirty million dollars right there. That's a thirty-year or you know that's what a thirty-year budget right there in three players, not including the forwards. So I think uh, yeah, eight to eight point five I think is my my budget for them. Okay, yeah, midfielders have a good return on points though, so that's they do. That's good. Anybody else have a thought on on price before we go on? No, I have. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I said no. No, okay. <laughs> I, have, I have one more question, and uh, I feel like I saw this got thrown around a couple of times on on the Reddit forums. I know um, Sporting Kansas City has gotten a lot of talk, especially with adding in Davis to that mix. So their schedule's not awesome for the beginning of the season, but when it eventually comes down to picking a Kansas City midfielder. Do you have any thoughts right now? Are you leaning towards Failhaber? Do you think he's going to get shifted around? Zussi, Davis, I don't know. what What's what's going on there? For me, it's it's kind of like the Toronto back line. It's kind of a wait and see. See how they line up and see what works for them, or if it does, and then pick up someone from there accordingly. Yeah, I don't think... I think that if Benny is playing more of the, uh, not you know, holding mid or more of a a defensive mid position as he played the last after the All Star break, uh, then I'm not going to touch him. If he's more of his, you know, free roaming attacking role, how he was in the first half of the season, then yeah, there's no reason why you shouldn't have him in your lineup. But I just, you know, I, I, I'm there with Travis. I'm gonna sit and wait and see how he does. I'm not going to pick him up the first couple games. Maybe I'll get him on my week, uh, week four or five wild card, depending on how he plays. So I'm actually going to avoid the entire midfield of Kansas City. Um, speaking specifically <laughs> about Failhaber, uh, last year was like so far above and beyond anything that he had done in the past in terms of yeah. points for 90 yeah. that I, I think it's going to regress back to the mean a little bit. Um, and the addition of Brad Davis, I assume, is going to take away roughly half of the set pieces that Failhaber yeah. was taking. So he's going to be getting a heck of a lot fewer bonus points from key passes and crosses um, simply by virtue of losing out on free kicks that they want a left footer taking. I mean, you think that's going to have to happen because if you have Zussi, he's going to be on the right, Davis is going to be on the left, and they're going to be taking the corresponding kicks on those sides. I mean, how, how do you not unless they're injured? So yeah, that, that's what I'd assume. Um Bellhopper and Zussi were kind of splitting their free kick duties a little bit last year, but I think it's going to get even more muddled and confusing with the addition of Davis. Yeah, and Zussi had that sort of nagging foot injury as well most most of the season, so that's something else to try to factor in if you can, if you guys are doing that. Uh, before we move on, you have one more thing. I think I said that last time already. Uh, <laughs> some of you are probably thinking, why did nobody say Javinko at this time? And that's simple, because before the podcast, we were all talking about it. We don't know for sure, but we're going to assume that Geo is going to be a forward this year. So we purposefully did not include him in this section. And with that being said, Jay, take it. All right. Well, I'm going to throw a little bit of a different spin on this. I'm going to discuss the incoming forwards from this transfer window. Um, I have five that I am keeping an eye on. Um, number one is uh, Vancouver Ford Masato Kudo. He's a striker. 
scoring 16, 11, and 27 goals in the past three years with Japanese side uh, Kashiwa Wrestle. And, um, yeah, so Vancouver needs a, cons a consistency at striker this year. Rivero came out guns blazing last year and then flamed out quickly, only scoring 10, go uh, 10 goals total. Um, Kudo seems to be that solution, and with his nose for goal, I really think that he could be that consistency that Vancouver needs up top, and so he takes my number one spot. Number two, with the over-under at eight, mentioning <laughs> Yura Mosisian. That was a uh, Travis wrote that on uh, on the Reddit forum that over. Yeah, that's only one so far. I know. I, I I've been trying. I've been really really yeah. refraining. Um, but Yura, he's back. Uh, this is the moment all RSL fans have been waiting for. Yura's the target man who finally brings an element that RSL has been lacking, a true four three three striker. Yura has a fantastic vision, speed, and clinical finishing. He would be no. He <laughs> did would you be make my a number script? <laughs> yes, I did make a script, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> More of a love letter. It is. It is. It is. It is. He, he's been favoriting my tweets, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, he knows what's sorry. up. Oh. Yes. Heart. Um, yeah, he would be in my oh, number my one. Tea. But I have to view this objectively, so therefore he's my number two. Number three, uh, Rapids making a fantastic signing of, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, uh, Shelzen Gashi. So he played for um, Grasshopper and Basil and now he's with the Rapids. So Gashi, in my opinion, is more of a poor man's Giovinco. Not really a center attacking mid, not really a striker, but more of a center forward. Uh, with 41 appearances and 25 goals scored with FC Basel, uh, Gashi will have to adjust to the physicality of MLS. But now playing in Colorado, I really think he can take advantage of the altitude factor, but buyer beware, this is Colorado shuffle. We don't know how Pablo will utilize Gashi, but he takes my number three spot. And then uh, Columbus, uh, Ola Kamara. Wait, will the real Kamara please stand up? With the contractual issues with Kai and the lack of production of Iguain, Columbus do look to bring in some fresh blood. Playing winger or striker, Ola Kamara will look to earn a spot alongside uh, Kay or Kai, uh, Pipa, Finley, and Miram. Ola scored 14 goals to 29 appearances with the Norwegian club. Uh, I think it's Mold or Molde. So he's my number four pick. Other noticeable signings, LA Galaxy signed Emmanuel Boateg. Columbus signed forward slash winger Emil Larson. Vancouver signed forward Luis Ontivero. And then the one that we all know and love, the American Messi, Mr. Jordan Morris. <laughs> De depending on price, which I can't see him being less than $5 million as a forward, I think he could be a sneaky little sleeper. I don't know where he's going to be lining up. Um, but those are the incoming guys that I that, that I have. Obviously, we have our typical, you know, Obafemi Martins, uh, Giovinco, Drogba, Villa, Keane. Um, I mean, you know, those are – I mean, even Laren. Those are going to be your typical – you know your typical uh, heavy hitters, but it, it really just depends on you know what who you think is going to do good. And the first four games I think are going to be very rough uh, with the game week five bye. But um, I'll tell you one thing: I'm going to keep an eye on uh, Masata Kudo from Vancouver, and Yura will be in my starting lineup regardless. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That, I, I like that. Thank yeah, you. That was only five Euros, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over underneath, shattered it. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, um, for me, it's I'm having a very, very difficult time spending less than thirty million on my forwards because um, I know that Robbie Keane is going to cost me a whole lot, and I know that Juvinko is going to cost me a whole lot, and I have a feeling Kyle Loren is also going to cost quite a bit more than last season just because of the <laughs> outstanding year he had last season. Yeah. One could assume. Uh, yeah, and, and all three of those have pretty decent attacking fixtures. Uh, even even though Toronto's away, I mean, their second week they're playing at Yankee Stadium, and that's just a lot of goals asking to be to happen. And then uh, Robbie Keane at home for two of his first three, and the other one's at Colorado. Yeah. Um, so those are the three I'm really looking at. Maybe David Villa. Uh, killed it pretty well last season as well, just as far as the high-money guys. Um, if I were going to pick a, a cheaper guy, it would probably be one of the guys you mentioned that, that came in, uh, depending on where they priced them. But... I'm probably not going to be picking a tier two forward. At least I doubt I will be for the first three weeks. Yeah, I think um, I'm really more interested in seeing how Giovanni Dos Santos and Lucas Milano perform at the beginning of this year because they they came in late and they they didn't look settled. I mean, I think Milano looked worse than Dos Santos for sure. Um, uh, it's with with Giovinco being there, it's just going to throw everything off because he's going to be so expensive, and I, I would imagine he'll be owned by at least 40 percent of the league. So I, I think you're going to have to look for some some cheaper options going forward. So I'm kind of looking at um, maybe a Dos Santos or a Fernando ID or maybe even a Milano if he's at a good price. But I think I, uh, it's it's hard to walk away from Giovinco even on the road because the, the dude is just so money. So do you put him on your list? Is he on your list? He's on my list with a giant question mark because they really could <laughs> put him at any price and people are going to build a team around him. Like, There's people out there right now who I'm sure are planning, like, I don't care what his price is. I'm going to put him in first and then build around based on whatever my budget left is. So, (laughs) Well, I've heard worse strategies, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... Can you imagine a lineup, though, with, like, you know, Giovinco, Drogba, and Keane? I mean, that could be possibly, you know, close to $40 million. That's a huge chunk of your budget gone just on three forwards, not including, you know, a five a five million dollar flyer that's going to be warming your bench. Yeah, as long as you don't mind having like a Will Johnson being your star midfielder, <laughs> I guess you're okay. <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna pick a bunch of guys that you guys haven't even mentioned yet. Um, oh, I love um, it. Sisian pick, who I'm also very high on. Um, yeah, you're. A- yeah. Uh, so I think the best winger in the league, better than Finley, better than Castillo, is Akam up in Chicago. I like it. That kid is money. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that he's not going to see a huge price jump 
um, so I can get him on the cheap. But he is definitely somebody that I actually want to build my team around in that Giovinco style, um, simply because I think he's going to be that good this year. Um, I think BWP, Bradley Bright Phillips, again, is going to have another solid year. Um, down in Dallas, I that forward situation, I'm most likely going to end up picking whichever one out of Arudi and Akindele ends up winning that starter spot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a timeshare, which is going to be a kind of a headache. But I think both of them could potentially produce well enough with that ridiculous midfield behind them um, that they're going to be good, solid pickups. And then a last mention is, and I feel kind of dirty saying this because I hate him so much, is Josie Altador. Don't you dare. <laughs> yeah. You take that back. I will not take it back. This is a donkey-free show. Oh. This is not a donkey show. So, with him, I think he's actually going to have an amazing season this year. I just finished reading up um, the Zlatan Ibrahimovic book, and he talks about how a couple times in his career he lost like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle weight and then the subsequent year was like one of the best seasons that he's ever had. Um, and that happened multiple times with him. And all the reports I'm hearing are saying that Altador dropped about 10 pounds in the offseason. And so I think he's just going to be way more explosive than what he's used to. And he's going to benefit a lot from that. And I think that's going to take away from Giovinco, who I'm completely avoiding, no matter his price, assuming it's more than $10 million. Um, simply because that schedule to start with so many away games is just brutal. Enjoy Josie's red crutch on the bench, my friend. Yeah, so we got <laughs> Crawlert and uh, Altador's mom. That That's two votes for <laughs> Josie having a great year. <laughs> the rest of the country says no. Oh, I don't know what the hashtag should be for this episode now. It's either Secret Simon or Altador's mom. <laughs> well, we have a couple hashtags uh, waiting in the queue. You'll, you'll yes. see them in a bit. Yeah, or, or, or Guy's super secret Twitter picture he just sent. Woo! <laughs> uh, so before we move on to that, I've got one more thing I want to talk about with respect please do. forwards. Um, so I'm sure some of you guys have seen my points per 90 projections that I posted on the uh, Fantasy MLS subreddit um, that basically looks at the last four years of data and it's huge mathematical long process. Anyway, long story short, um, any player that got classified as a poacher in that projections worksheet, over 90% of them the next season had a worse season than the one before. So if you go and find that projections post that I made on the subreddit there, um, that means guys like Laren, Wando, Martins, they're more than likely going to have a worse season last year in terms of fantasy than they did, or worse season this year than they did last year. So just a heads up for all you guys that are so big on Kyle Laren, you might want to uh, slow your roll there. I'm just going to say, on that list also is Dom Dwyer, and it's hard for me to imagine him having a worse season because I didn't think he did have had a great season last year anyway. Yeah, yeah, he might be one of those uh, exceptions to the rule. <laughs> He'll be an outlier. So yeah. with, with Nemeth gone, with Nemeth gone too. I mean, true, true. There's, there's no true striker in Kansas City, but I just hate that cocky sob anyway. 
Yeah, but if you married Sidney LaRue, you would be horrible at your job, too. True. And because not. what would you be doing at work when you yeah. married Sidney LaRue? I'm just saying. Yeah. Very true. Though, I mean, I guess they're looking at just having him be a single striker up top now with, with that midfield that they've got worked up behind him, but who knows. Well, with Nemeth gone, they're going to have to. Exactly. They have to. Uh, so I'm going to give you the same kind of question that we had with the midfielders, but this time I'm going to say what price do you – well, I guess some of you are saying regardless, but geo price, what is what is too much for you? Or what makes you walk into getting him? You know that. You don't even have that. I think 14 is too much. I think if he's – <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, if you look at the EPL style where they have a $100 million budget with, with uh, Aguero came out like 13 this year. Uh, yeah. RVP came out 13 a couple years ago. Like, it if it follows true, the best player in the league should be the premium price because that's the only thing that's going to shake up the league this year is making Giovinco be such a price that – it's going to create a little bit of parity in the league. If if they put him at ten, then everybody's going to have him. And True. so they, they they don't price they can't price him based on past performance. They have to price him based on popularity because if he's the best player in the league, you have to make it a a, a 50 50 split between all owners because otherwise, we're all going to have him at ten. We're all going to have him at eleven probably. So yeah. you got to put him at that price where it's going to be. We don't want to see the same team playing every week to with a Giovinco captain. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think I think at a twelve point five to thirteen, starting out with a with a minimal budget, that's that's probably the sweet zone for getting people to say, I'd rather go Keane or Martins. But if he's fourteen, then it's just too much. I don't think he's gonna be I I, I think that he's gonna be twelve to twelve point five because I believe that the past three seasons that fantasy MLS has been around, the highest has been I wanna say it's been eleven or eleven point five and that's been Oba and um, Keane the last two seasons. But he's so, the best player that's ever played I, in the MLS. I agree 100%, but I think that I don't think that a player goes above 12-5, and that's Giovinco at 12-5, and then you have everybody else underneath him at around 12. But then again, it depends on how, if we're doing a $100 million budget with 15 spots, or if we're going to do 120 with whatever it is, 18 or 19 spots. So that really depends on, you know, the availability of roster size. Very true. And I, I definitely believe that you can base a price somewhat on, on last season, but with players like him and a lot of these European guys who are coming in, there's there's definitely the, the big name tax that gets added on there. Like people like Lampard and Gerard and and, and Kaká to some point didn't have awesome years, but they're probably still gonna have higher prices just because they're those big-name guys. And Gio definitely falls into that category, especially after last season. And I just want to point out that Didier Drogba actually had a higher points per 90 than Giovinco did. Yep. And that was my next question was, we only mentioned Drogba one time in kind of passing, not on anybody's list. I said he was on my list. Did you? Well, I yes. kind of zoned out when you were talking because I was so laughing. You named like 30 strikers, so yeah, yeah, you, you might have missed it. <laughs> All right, buddy. but if you, if you would have put Drogba in for the entire season, I, I think Giovinco would have had a higher PP90 for. I mean, can anybody realistically say that they think Drogba's going to play every? I mean, come on, he's. Is it questioning the stamina? Not not the stamina so much as just the durability. I mean, he was never. 
I mean, he's old. <laughs> I don't want to put it in like an indelicate way, but I mean, he's going to break down at some. Like even the most fit guys break down over the MLS season. Yeah. It's just a long, grueling season in the middle of the summer, and I, I, I would be surprised if he played 25 game weeks. I'm putting his over under for myself at like 20 personally. <laughs> well, the, I mean, I, the the biggest reason I didn't I didn't mention him. Uh, was three of his first four games are really tough fixtures. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he's even been good even on poor fixtures, but his first game at Vancouver, uh, then he comes home for New York Red Bulls and then goes away to FC Dallas and then away to Seattle. And those are some pretty tough place to get, places to get the kind of results he had last year. Solid reason, solid reason. Just had to mention it. I know he was definitely a, a fan favorite last season, so I would I would assume we'd get some questions if we if we did not at least touch on that. Well, that's all that we really have for this section. I guess I have one more general question just to talk about to maybe help people who are newer players getting into the game this year, or even just to remind some of the more veteran players, what are the preferred kind of stats that you guys like to look for during this season? I know we were looking at a lot of points per 90 right now. Does that change at all as the season goes through? Or just what's a go-to number that you'd like to look at? Goals. Goals. Points. <laughs> no, little yeah, points. points. Exactly. No. I mean, that's in my opinion, it's dependent on position. I mean, you know, you want saves as a keeper, obviously. Um, you want CBIs and recoveries for uh, defenders. For midfielders, you want key passes and assists and hopefully get goals. And then for your forwards, you want goals as well. I mean, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Not to sound like a dick. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I guess I kind of I'm, – I'm more of a I, – I do look at the fixtures quite a bit. And I think as soon as the yeah. double game week yeah. start rolling in, you're going to start looking at it like – the double game week is going to trump anything that you see statistically anyway, just based on the probability that somebody's going to play 180 minutes. So maybe minutes played <laughs> is, the, is the more telling stat. Who's going to play the 180-minute double game week as opposed to getting that benching? You know, the, the, the DC shuffle screwed a lot of people last mm. year. So. Yep. Yeah, minutes played is by far the most important stat in fantasy MLS. In my whole process of looking at over two dozen variables, minutes played was like far and away the most important in terms of figuring out how many points somebody was going to score. And it, it makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, just because, I mean, obviously, if they're on the field, they're going to get more points. But like uh, some of the stats even are dependent upon a player getting sixty minutes. Like. Yeah. Clean sheets. You can't get a clean sheet if you're a if you're a 45 minute 45th minute sub. So um, that's the one thing that that I'm really going to look at the first few weeks is who are the regular starters because it may not wind up being everyone we thought it was going to be. And so once we figure that out, then we'll have a better picture of who's going to be more consistent in getting points. And uh, to piggyback and just, off that real quick, real quick, read. Um, you also, in my opinion, I think you want set-piece takers, like I was alluding to before. Yeah. You want guys that are going to be on PKs, corner kicks, direct kicks, free kicks, because those are going to give you more options to get assists. 
um, goals, you know, things of that nature too. So along with the starters, I think that uh, set piece takers is a, a good money maker. The one question that I had that came to mind as you were talking, Travis, and sorry if this catches you off guard, so feel free to say you just don't know. But I know last year you looked a lot at some of the prices and, and changing of values of players in your MLS articles. Yes. And, uh, again, you ha we, have to, we have a minute threshold now for players to even be considered in, in price changes. Uh, how, how did you find that as impacting the game with just that, that rule change of the price, prices? The rule change uh, for how they prices change instead of the the stock market system now with with the points scored versus the average and all of that. Well, it tended to favor the players that saw sixty plus minutes, and it it uh, was negative towards the players that played forty five to sixty, because if they played forty five minutes, if they came on a sub. They counted towards the, the price adjustment, but they didn't have a chance really to get many points unless it was Failhaber who comes in and scores two goals in the second half or, <laughs> or whatever wound up happening. But you, you got a lot more consistency as far as price changes on the players that were locked on starters than you would the ones that were spot starts. Um, but it, the difficult thing with that is, uh, it was it was challenging because if you started out poorly, as far as not getting many points on your team, your team value also started out poorly because you were losing team value as you were losing ranks. So it makes it more difficult to kind of come from behind the longer you go, without getting those players that that really stepped it up at the beginning. That's tough. Yeah, that's I just I just thought of that when you were mentioning the the minutes, how that is a, a huge factor now and not just how we're earning points, but how we're manipulating our value. Mm -hmm. But do you guys have anything else to add before we wrap things up? I just want to know when the season's gonna start. <laughs> uh, well you never know. Um, you never know. I have a little announcement about that uh, that I'll go over if we're ready to move on there. Uh, first of all, just with some, some closing plugs and announcements. Uh, info about the MLS Fantasy Insider, uh, MLS Fantasy Boss, other other private site leagues that are going to be up there, and the r slash fantasy MLS league will be posted on r slash fantasy MLS uh, around the 13th or 14th, so, so sometime at the end of next week or end of, end of this week, some things will be up there for the private leagues. If you have your own site or just your own public league, we'll have a one post we can post things in. And, of course, MLS Fantasy Insider will do a head-to-head -head and just a general league, try to get some things, more people involved, make it a little bit more fun. And the r slash Fantasy MLS League, as always, we're going to try to have uh, some prizes with that and, and work on uh, work on that. So be sure to su subscribe to the subs so that you can get involved in all the fun and the chit-chat and as things go on, the Rate My Teams, it's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, talking about the, the announcement of when the game's going to come out, uh, Travis and I, of course, did some writing for MLS last season, and so we've been talking with uh, Ben Bear, who joined us at the end of last season to talk about the game, and we're hoping to get him back on the show to talk about this next season. So still don't know when the game's going to come out, but 
with hope we can get Ben on close to the time or after the game comes out sometime just to talk to us about changes or hopes or, or who knows. But we're hoping to have him on as a guest at the start of the season to, to help kick things off and just be a nice little question and answer period of, of just what's going on in the minds of the guys at MLS. Should be fun. But you guys, any any comments, plugs, closing insults about people's characters or game picks? Um, aside from the Josie Altador pick, which <laughs> man, that's really bumming me out. Um, yes, uh, check out my podcast, uh, Married Man's Guide to Sports Addiction. It's uh, out on Tuesdays, and I'm really big in Europe, so help me, help <laughs> me out, really. Americans. Let's give us some give us some listens here. No, it's it's fun though. Unfiltered guy Sanchez, you can't go wrong. Oh snap! Not safe for work. No, not safe for work. Not safe for uh, a nice. lot of things. Not yeah. safe for DMs, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> Hashtag guys hairy chest. Oh, that's right. You guys have some hashtags to throw out. <laughs> that's the only one we're gonna throw out. I think that's the only one. Well, we, we got we got one for Travis. Oh, no, this is a family <laughs> show. <laughs> Only if, the, to, only if this was a video podcast, our view, we, we would lose 90% of our viewers. Oh, goodness. Well, you'll just have to tweet at you guys to find out what those little special hashtags are. Oh, I got blackmail on guy now, so I'm good. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, that's all I have unless you guys have anything else you'd like to mention. Get your in your lineups. Of course, there was another one. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys uh, for coming, especially you, Andrew. Hope we can have you back on the show again. Uh, definitely have a handle on all things stats, I think. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a good time. Yeah. And with that, uh, good luck with your picks, and we hope that this gave you some insight. <laughs>